Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, the Mobio Kugo, with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week, we'll be discussing San Diego Loyal's loyalty to their teammates, U.S. Women's National Team's exodus to Europe, and U.S. Women's National Team's starting 11 of the future. This week, we're joined by a good friend, star forward for Houston Dash, Jamia Fields. Jamia, thank you for t- uh, for coming on. I know it's been a while. Uh, we know you're really busy. How you doing today? Good. How are y'all? I'm excited to be here. Nah, thank you. Yeah, it, 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 it took a while, but we're so happy to have you. So um, give us some background. Like, you know, how did you get your start into soccer? I know you're from SoCal, which is a big soccer community, but how you, how'd you get your start? Okay, so I came from a pretty athletic family. My dad, my mom, they played sports, so kind of just threw me in soccer. I also played tennis and some other things I tried out, but soccer, I started doing it really competitively. And, yeah, soccer in Southern California is pretty good, pretty good for youth soccer. So, And then went to Florida State all the way across the country for college. Great career there, national championship. That was really cool. And then led into my pro career, and I've played on multiple teams. I don't know if you want me to go into all that. <laughs> no, I, well, first I want to ask you, so what club team you play for for SoCal? Because I know, like, there's, like, some historic club teams. Uh, yes, SoCal. Oh, okay, respect. Yeah, we had some. That's what I ended with, and I'm probably gonna disappoint a lot of club coaches. I was like on a, like three, maybe. I started with Arsenal and Rancho, okay. and then I went to Pasadena. I played for Barcelona. Sharif, I don't know. Sharif, you played with for Sharif? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's famous. Even though I'm not from SoCal, he's I, like yeah. I still talk yeah, to him. He's, oh, he's famous. That's crazy. No, you got to go where you wanted, whether it's at the right. youth level or college or even pro. Um, but how did you get convinced to go all the way across the country? That's what I want to know. You see, I was a homebody in high school, so I am shocked at my decision. But honestly, I took my visits. Like I didn't, and I'm so ha- I'm so thankful because if I only stuck with California schools, I wouldn't have you know went to Florida State and experienced just like I don't know. It's just a different culture out there, different type of mm-hmm. people, and it's honestly what I needed. You know, growing up mm-hmm. in Rancho Cucamonga, it's just like polar opposites of Tallahassee. So I'm just like, that's what I needed. And I, yeah, that's why I I encourage all high school looking to go to college to don't stay confined into your comfort zone when you're choosing. Okay, respect. So what other advice would you have for young uh, girls like in the soccer space, you know, looking to follow your career? So, yeah, so doing, making decisions outside of my comfort zone really helped me grow and so I would encourage those who are younger and trying to you know make the decision on what's best for them just don't be afraid for change really and to you know really take a leap of faith no respect so you know we originally met because you know you was doing um, a really cool project with uninterrupted and I was there you know doing an internship Um, talk about some of the stuff that you're doing off the field yeah so I have my other interest besides soccer is uh, fashion. So I have been collaborating with a lot of brands or trying in the works of collaborating with some brands. So Saturday's football right now, we are cooking something good. Uh, I, I'm going to be able to design some pieces, which is really exciting because that's something I would want to do in the future. And to be able to, you know, you know, start with a brand who's just really cool and has got it going on on their own already. 
So that will be pretty soon. And I, it's also a dream of mine to have a brand of my own, like I said. And just a lot of with just social social justice going on right now, I've really found my voice with that as well. So being able to also collaborate with brands to support the Black community, support Black business has really been something I've been doing lately and want to continue doing. No, that's really amazing. Um, specifically about the social uh, injustice, you know, being a, you know, a black female athlete, do you, did you have any like crazy stories or stories that, you know, that weren't really talked about growing up? And then now, you know, you have, you feel like you have a platform to kind of share. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them weren't talked about and that's, that's the issue. Cause it's, if they were all just suppressed, I feel like, and so I never talked about the feelings of maybe being one of the only black girls on my teams growing up and going to Florida state that really helped me. There was multiple black girls on my team, black women on my team there. So it was a different culture and I grew a lot, but you know, growing up and only having the conversations inside my family about race and then this year hits and you're, you know, I'm having so many conversations about, you know, race and it is a step in the right direction, but it's also so new for me and finding my voice has been hard, but great at the same time. So, yeah. No, it's, it's really amazing to see what you've done and other athletes in, in the space. Um, one thing I do commend, you know, especially for the U.S. based uh, women athletes, you guys have uh, you guys do a tremendous job, you know, with your platform. Um, talk about, you know, you know, the deals that you guys do in terms of like what makes the right deal, um, how you guys are outspoken and then like what makes you choose um what platform you want to go into so do you mean like how like how do i choose what platform as like on instagram and like what yeah, brands instagram, uh, or what brands you want to collaborate with you know like saturday's football oh, or being right. or the social injustice platforms right so yeah i feel like i've been really using my platform on instagram and i'm just like okay i don't you know I feel like a lot of the excuses like oh I don't have that many followers or, or is anybody listening and I was just like for me and my best advice is like there's always someone listening and if it just affects or you know one person hears it that's good enough so that encouraged me to use my voice and so but like as far as brands I mean the ones that are committed to so if it's like a maybe a white business owner brand who is just willing to give like someone like me, a black woman or a black athlete, male or female, just a voice, just, just to just like, Hey, I have the brand. I'm going to give you the floor almost. And so that's, I feel like those are the brands I've been liking to collaborate with who aren't really trying to control how we really collaborate, but just really mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to use my, I have the brand but I want to give you the floor to get out whatever message you want to, because I might not be able to understand what you're going through. So. Oh, that's really cool. And then like, let's bring it back to soccer. Cause you guys just came off uh, winning uh, the, the bubble title, right? Was, that was the, yes. um, and then now you guys in the fall series um, talk about that experience, you know, playing in the bubble um, grinding and altitude at that. And then mm -hmm. now um, playing in the exactly. fall series. Yeah, the altitude. I never uh, being there for a month. I never got used to it, so it's hard. <laughs> but I mean, that was crazy. It was a really crazy experience, and you might see everywhere that 
other leagues were the first to do it, but we were the first to do it in WSL. So respect, yep. Very proud and no COVID test, though. I mean, positive. So that was great. But no, it was it was hard mentally because you know you can only you can't go as far as the parking lot to want to walk, and you're just really confined in that space. And then you have to go out and perform. So it, it was tough, but there were multiple times during quarantine when the pandemic first started out that like, we didn't think we were going to have a season. So just, I feel like everyone, at least on Houston, we were just thankful that we were getting to play. So we would, that helped us get through like the adversity of being in the bubble. Oh, that's really cool. Um, El, you got any questions? No, nah, man, you got it covered. Um, nah, no. Yeah, oh, one really thing, cool. one thing. So looking, looking through your Instagram, I see you're a big sneakerhead. Yeah. Um, what's kind of, what is kind of drawing you to like the sneaker culture? Okay. So I always like get the question, like, when did you start liking fashion or sneakers? And I'm just like, I don't really remember when exactly when it hit, but my brother always had sneakers and my dad and they kind of just rubbed off on me. And so, yeah, I just love it. It's, it's I mean, I think it's a good problem to have. I don't know about my bank account, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so. If you uh, if you had like an all-star of like football fashionistas, who's who's on that list? Ooh, okay. Men or women, doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, men or women. Um, I'm just going to stick with women right now because, you know, female empowerment but and I mean I feel like the national team has some players who like fashion and but like I'm on my team since I've been around them so much I feel like Jane Campbell she's on my team she has so many sneakers I just she's I mean way more than me and then I feel like Christy Mewis she is is different style than I would say Jane or mine but like it's it's you know she she's got it going on as well so okay yeah you you putting yourself on the list I hope right oh yeah I thought that was yeah, yeah. Yeah. no that's no respect okay um, I thought I was already on the list <laughs> yeah respect okay I'll just make it sure yeah uh, no okay respect um yeah so let's let's t- jump into the topic L take us away okay. Um, so recently, speaking of social justice, um, San Diego Loyal have been proving their loyalty to their team and to their cause. Um, just last week, the, U- the USL Championship side forfeited their match in the 71st minute against LA Galaxy 2 due to one of their play- players being subjected to a racial slur. So the Loyal's chairman, um, Andrew Vasilaitis, made a statement regarding the matter. He said... We don't even want to recognize being a part of a match where these types of actions take place. The loyal in our name is symbolic of the diversity in our community. And as a club, we will not stand for this. And so just yesterday, the loyal walked off the field again against uh, Phoenix Rising because one of their players, one of Phoenix's players, um, used a homophobic slur towards one of the loyal players. Um, and so another statement or the tweet from uh, the Loyal's account is um, in the first half, a member of Phoenix Rising used a homophobic slur directed at Colin Martin. In response, we have decided to walk off the pitch in protest. Last week, we made it loud and clear that we do not stand for racism or homophobia. Nothing has changed this week. 
Um, so I want to get you guys thoughts on the situation. Um, we've seen racist and homophobic situations happen all over the world of soccer. But with the loyalist response, the loyalist response has been pretty rare. You don't really see teams actually, you know, taking action. So I want to get you guys' response to that. And, like, what do you think? You want to take it first, Jameer? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. I mean, respect to them because I feel like so many for so many years, I mean, maybe even before we were all born, like everything just brushed over, you know, things happen and no one takes action. And that's why it continues to happen. So for the 71st minute to be like, okay, no, we're not standing for this. Like, that's huge. And people are like that. That's huge. And that's going to make a change for, you know, other teams and other people in those, those situations. I mean, and it's like, and then to do it again as well, for homophobia which is you know another topic is i think it's amazing respect to them because this is what's gonna drive change it really is yeah i completely agree uh respect to san diego loyal i know a bunch of guys on that team and for them to forfeit you know especially that late in the season when like points are on the line it just shows like there's it's bigger than soccer and yep. uh if you guys saw the clip you know coach landon donovan like made that clear it's like, we're not going to stand for this. Um, personally, me, if I was on the field, <laughs> I would definitely want to play that second half and I would just be targeting all mm -hmm. those players. Like, you're going to have to give me a red card because I would switch my cleats at halftime. I would put my studs on. And I was like, if you're going to, if this is going to happen, then let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you know, some people, you know, sticks and stones may break their bones, but words will never hurt me. Like, that's a cool saying in the past. Um, but it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going on a rant because I, I get riled up by this. Um, yeah, it would be bad. That's all I'm going to say. It would be bad. And what's crazy is the loyal were up 3-1 against Phoenix when they forfeited at the half. Exactly. So they were already smacking them, you know, and then to give up that, that was, that, was, that was basically a win, to give up that win and, you know, in turn have a forfeit, very admirable. Um, but Jamia, we have a listener question. Um, so Donald Wine on Twitter wanted to know um, your thoughts, your thoughts or your reaction to the response of social justice from your team and teammates or even like NWSL. Um, do you feel supported? Um, are they listening? Are they learning? You know, you feel they can do more? Like, how do you feel? How do you, how do you feel the response has been? Well, the response from my team has been great. My teammates, it's been huge. Just so many conversations, so many meetings, people are listening, and I do feel supported. Uh, it's, you know, it's always a battle when you have to walk into the field and be like, okay, just, I'm just going to train today with, you know, but there's everything going on outside of, you know, the, like outside the field, there's shootings happening. And so it's hard to lock in. And sometimes you feel, you don't feel supported because maybe there's not that many other black women around you. So in that sense, I'm like, maybe people don't understand what I'm going through. But I do think that people are trying to understand, even though they can't, you know, that that saying, that whole saying. But yeah, I mean, we've done it. We're trying to do things here in Houston as well, where we're emerging ourselves into the black community to really try to, because there's a huge black community here in Houston. So we're doing good over here, I feel. No, respect. And uh, to touch on that, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, USL responds to the most recent allegations because obviously Phoenix, I don't really think um, they've done a great job so far. They've just retweeted um, 
the player and the coach defending um, the statement that they said they didn't make. So uh, it'll be interesting. They said they're going to do an investigation, but um, much like Jania just said, um, the response has to be um, has to be positive. Right. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting situation, especially with the coach being caught on a hot mic saying you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's part of the game. Like, wrong like, answer, bro. Oh like, my gosh. Wait, oh wow, that's crazy. And then he doubled down on it. It was like, oh yeah, my bad. Um, that's not what was intended when I said that. Like, bro, we heard you. Like, you said it. And, and, and you were wearing your mask wrong. <laughs> that's two. Yeah, I mean, that, there was a situation in Utah a couple weeks ago with the owner. I don't know if you guys heard about that, the owner of Utah. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and that just, I mean, and I just respect for the players on Utah just really making a statement and just not standing for it. And that's, I mean, that's what we need. <laughs> that's what we need. Because sometimes, I mean, people, they don't know. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know what to say. Like, make it make sense, please. Right, please. Right. For sure. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk women's U.S. women's national team. Um, so over the summer, we've seen some of the U.S. women's national team's biggest names opt out of the um, NWSL fall season and sign deals in Europe. Um, so we got Sam Mewis and Rose Lavelle to Man City, Tobin Heath Chris, and Kristen Press to Man United, and then Alex Morgan to Tottenham. Um, so do you think this is a good or a bad thing for NWSL? Well, since it's been such a weird season, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think their decision is like terrible. I mean, obviously we want the best players in the league, but obviously everyone's journey is different. What might be great for them might not be great for the league, you know, like I can't, I, I couldn't really, I can't really judge their, their decisions and it seems like good opportunities. Um, but this, the league is, you know, I think the biggest goal is to just keep it competitive and there's still a lot of great players playing in this ball series and a lot of players getting opportunity who maybe usually wouldn't. So I think there's positives out of it for, for both people, like both sides, whoever's going and who's staying. So. Talk talk about your experience because you played in Europe as well before it got kind of popular. So uh, talk about your experience playing in Europe and then coming back to NWSL. Yeah, so I went to Norway. It was so cold. I always <laughs> I always start with that because I'm just like I have to just I just have to you know I just applaud myself for getting through that. I was born yeah. in California, went to Florida State. Like I don't do the Let's cold. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. I mean, Nor but Europe. I love Europe. I really mm -hmm. do. I, it was always a gold mine to go play in Europe, didn't matter where. So, to, like, I, you know, and I kind of went when, like, when, like, playing, I was just kind of, a, like I said, like, when I was feeling an uncomfortable moment where I'm like, should I go, like, you know, and I just went, yeah. and it was one of the best situations, like, for me in my journey. I'm so happy I got to experience a great coffee, great food. The style of play is different in Norway. It's way more direct, I would say. But I mean, it's it's cool to like see different styles. And we got to do Champions League. We played in Champions League, so we got to play Lyon. They were so good. Oh yeah, they were so good. we lost, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really do. But yeah, it was a good experience for me. 
That's crazy. Because I had a couple of friends playing in Norway. They just tell me, like, so the sun never comes down, right? It, it doesn't come down. I was tripped out by that. It was, and you have to have the blackout curtain, so you're good with that. But I'm like, I'm already a night owl, so like, yeah. the sun's not going down. I'm like, do I ever sleep or what? <laughs> uh, that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we we've seen, especially in Europe, um, a lot of the big name clubs have you know started uh, women's teams. Um, so how do we keep this talent? How do we keep the talent in America stateside? How do we keep? Because you know every soccer player like has a dream of playing in Europe at some point, maybe. Um, so how do we keep the talent stateside without getting yourself in trouble? Like what can the NWSL do? Right. Well, yeah, without getting myself in trouble. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, everyone wants to play in a league where it's competitive, right? But also you want to feel like a professional. So I think making each team and the environment feel like you are, just you know like that you're your top class and you're so I feel like the clubs over there are doing that or they're starting to do that so we just need to jump on that because there were times where like where you know you just think okay maybe like college was more professional like or like for me like Florida State I feel like it was a really professional environment so Sometimes at some points I'm like, wait, college was more professional. But so like I shouldn't be having those thoughts. I should never have those thoughts. So just making sure that, you know, we feel like we are the top women's league in the United States or in the world, that'll keep players here. So but yeah, I think that's a good answer. I think that, that would solve the issue. Right. So but there's a lot, there's a long way ways to go. There's a lot of growth that needs to happen. But I I, I optimistic <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully we'll see more of it um we'll see you know as as the league's expanding uh, we're starting to see more teams come in so hopefully yeah. you know we'll, we'll see a lot more infrastructure as well you know you got louisville city building a big training facility and stuff like that so it looks leveling up. and then la coming in in two years and they just like the owners thing who like on board and want, wants to invest in women's soccer, that's that's huge too. Yeah, I can imagine there's a lot of like phone calls being made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of player excitement <laughs> wanting to head yeah. over to SoCal. Mm. Great, place. <laughs> Great place to be. Right. Oh, another thing though. Um, so seeing as you know, women's sports unfortunately isn't paid to the same level as men's sports what are some things that you guys do to i guess supplement your income well for me i do a lot of social media situations where you know like collaborating with brands and um whatnot that helps me but i don't know i don't have many teammates who have like side jobs or anything like that but I think it's just like really important to like focus on your brand and who you want to be outside of soccer. Cause you know, obviously that comes to an end at some point. And so that's what I've really been focusing on finding my other passions. And so it's not like, you know, when I decide to retire, not like a huge, like what do I do now? But also within it, make some money with my other passions as well. Not just, you know, in soccer. So. Okay. And one one way to boost your brand is to you know make the U.S. Women's National Team. 
So that, yeah. that can be a huge brand boost. So yep. speaking of like the next generation, I want to get your insights on who you think we, we do like a mock, a mock starting 11. This isn't anybody, any particular ranking, but of who you think would be is next up for the women's national team. Okay. Well, there's, I mean, yeah, you have the young women, girls, like Mal Pugh, who is already on there, but you know, she's still going to be like, the, like the future, I'm sure. And then Sophie Smith, she's on Portland. She just um, left college early. So I feel like that's, and she, I actually have, I think she might have Portland. From UCLA? She's from Stanford. Oh, okay. oh, Sanchez from, she's on Washington. She went to UCLA. And then there's another young girl from Washington State, I think, Morgan Reaver. So there's like, there's some names in there. That, is that Dennis Rodman's daughter? That one? Morgan? Um, no, I don't think so. No, 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 no. I know there's one on like the U20s. That's, really? Yeah, Dennis Rodman's yes. daughter. Apparently she's a baller. I don't know. Hey, see, yeah, U.S. is always a powerhouse. So I know there's, you know, for the years to come, it's going to continue. Cool. All right. So we had um, Sam Johnson on the show a while back um, and we asked her this question. So we had, we were were always wondering why is it that, you know, some of the talented black girls end up getting moved to defense? (laughs) Do you have any insights on that or any theories? Literally coaches tried me at defense multiple times, but only as a pro. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, not saying that I, can't play defense but it is a trend uh i don't know why that's a thing but you know crystal's done that happened to her who else i mean i have a couple other friends taylor smith midge purse like i guess the list is running um but i don't know why that is but I, we all want to be attackers <laughs> but it also it it's like it's it's hard to like shift your like so you have an attacking mindset, but then when you're getting moved all over the place, and for me, I've sometimes become like a utility player. It's like hard to really focus and become like your best at that one. And sometimes I play the nine, and it's just and then try to outside back. It's just so I'm all, all over the place, you know. So I don't really know why that is, but it's interesting for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. You see it. You see a trend. It's almost game a lot too. <laughs> uh, yes and no. I I would say it's a blessing and a curse to be versatile and you know have talent that can be suited for multiple positions. Mm-hmm. I would say that there is a trend that if you're African American or black player, you tend to be the one that has to shift positions rather than. Um, other players that are considered specialized players in those positions where I feel like we can be specialized in those positions as well. Um, but you just got to, I'm in the proponent, like, yo, if I'm on the field, I'm good. I'd rather be on the field than on the bench. But obviously if I'm better at a certain position, I don't want to have to make space for someone else right. and have to play yeah. somewhere where I'm not as good. So it's a blessing and a curse, but there definitely is a trend there. And it's good to see people 
um, talk about it a little bit more and have it kind of being brought up a little bit more as well. Right, right. I like that conversation. Hmm. <laughs> Got me thinking. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's 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 funny. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Jamia, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast. Yo, where can we find you? See all the wonderful things you're doing, not only on the field but off the field. I know you got some really cool collaborations, not only that you've done but are in the works. You mentioned the Saturday football thing that you you can't talk about yet, or can you? I give you guys some some hints already, but it's gonna be coming out soon. So okay. just on my Instagram, usually I'm keeping people updated. I, I try to tweet too, but I, I struggle. But um, Instagram, uh, it's usually I, I put all my stuff on there usually. So all right, perfect. So follow your Instagram. We're definitely gonna have it in the show notes. Um, with that being said, where are we at? Um, yeah, we're gonna have to get you some two cents FC gear too. Oh, most definitely. I see that Jamia two cents collapse yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's our show for the week. Thank you so much, Jamia, for coming on. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at two cents FC. Check us out on the merch at two cents sports.shop. It helps support the show. We're gonna get Jamia hooked up with some of that as well. Uh, and tweet us your comments on the show, any topics you want me or L to discuss, send in your questions. Thank you so much for the question today. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of who sent it. Uh, L, who, who sent this question? Donald, Donald One. Yeah, Donald One. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Thank y'all. Peace. Peace.